All right, welcome back to the Swing You Instructor Series. This week, we have a great show as Jim McLean sits down with us. Uh, if you don't know Jim, then you've been living under a rock. He is one of the best golf instructors in the world. He's been ranked inside the top three uh, for the last 25 years. He's had eight junior players make it all the way to world number one, uh, including Lexi Thompson. Um, yeah, he's just a wealth of knowledge and a really, really, really good dude. So I hope you guys enjoy the pod. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Swing You Premium, the world's most comprehensive golf game improvement app with the industry's easiest to use on-course GPS, scorecard, strokes gained, and stat features. With the world's easiest to use strokes gained stat system, you'll receive a relative handicap for driving, approach shots, chipping, pitching, bunker play, and putting. Whether you're on the course or at home, premium subscribers get anytime, anywhere access to Swing U's massive on-demand library of lessons and drills from world-class golf instructors. Join Swing U Premium today and start shooting lower scores. Now let's get to the pod. Well, Jim, thanks so much for having us out today. It's been awesome coming out here to the Biltmore. And the hotel is absolutely gorgeous, and we've had a great day today. So thanks for having us out. Well, I've had a great time, too. Thanks a lot for coming out. And it was great talking to your dad at lunch, too. I really <laughs> like that. He's, yeah. he's, was a, he's a great friend. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just nice that, you know, we could, we could do that and have a, little, have a little fun with that. But uh, for those of you who don't know who this is, this is Jim McLean, one of the greatest golf coaches Probably ever. 1994 PGA Teacher and Coach of the Year, member of the World Golf Teachers Hall of Fame, uh, CEO of Jim McLean Golf Schools, and recently you won another award. Well, it's a Player Development Award for the, the United States, which uh, was for, you know, I guess all the different seminars I've done around the country, around the world, and then uh, the, the guys that have worked under me that have gone on to be head professionals or directors of instruction. So, you know, that's that's been a big thing in my life, doing the uh, work with uh, many guys that have worked and girls that have worked for me here. And then they a lot of them are still here, but a lot of them have moved on to uh, some really great places. Yeah, all over the country, all over the world, actually, right? Well, there's been some outside of the United States, yeah. mostly in the United States. But definitely, you know, branching out, especially even your golf schools are branching out outside the United States now. Yeah, uh, I've had my school in Madrid for a long time. I'm hoping to get back there this summer. Um, get, we have one in Mexico that I go to in Mayakoba. They yep. have a tour event there every year. It's unbelievable. And then also place. one in in Korea, South Korea, which yeah. I think is really interesting. <laughs> and I'm supposed to go there too. So I'm I'm really looking forward to going to South Korea. Uh, got a great guy there, Joseph Kim, that came here and trained. He's a tremendous guy, and they, they've got a great staff there. It's right in downtown. Seoul, Korea, so it'd be a really cool uh, place to go to. I haven't been to it. Uh, you know, I was supposed to go last year. Maybe this summer I'll make it over there. Yeah. So how often are you able to actually re reach, like, each site? I know you spend a lot of your time here uh, in Miami, but uh, how often do you kind of get to go? 
Yeah, well, I have two schools here in Miami, one down in Miami Beach, yep. Miami Beach Golf Club, and I've got one up in uh, Maryland, the Inn at Perry Cabin. That's great. We we do an outing there every year. In the summer, I go to my school in Denver and the one in Utah, uh, just great, Park City, Utah. Yeah, it's the uh, the red red ledges. The red ledges, yeah, with these really cool sort of hitting bay sort of mat situation things. Really, really interesting. It's a great place. Jack Nicholas did the golf course, and they, they have a 12-hole uh, course there as well. It's uh, for the kids and, and beginner golfers. But it's a fabulous place. I love going out there. Uh, it's been, you know, just one of my favorite places to go to. Love it. So I, I kind of wonder, where was the initiation to take your golf schools overseas? Where did that come from? Well, you know, I was a head professional. I, I went up to New York and started teaching there, and I became a head professional in New York. I was in New York for 19 years. Then the job happened at Doral, which, you know, was a big move for my family to, to come down to Florida. But it was the ability to run my own golf court, uh, my, my own golf school. And then, you know, eventually we were very successful there and we branched out to PGA West mm-hmm. in the desert where, yep. your, where your dad was. Yep. And uh, then, in fact, going outside the United States, well, we taught a, a gentleman, Mr. Botine, uh, who developed uh, his facility, a campus outside of Madrid. Kind of like the Nike campus in America, which is just fabulous, where he has the bank, but he also has a fitness institute and the golf course and a driving range and other things for bank employees. And people can come there from outside. Uh, Not that easy to get in, but it can be done. And uh, it's just great. So that's with Banco Santander. It's a huge bank in uh, all over the world. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, all of the – I guess we could call them students that you've had over the years, you know, 300 plus assistant pros that have gone on to do pretty awesome things just throughout golf. But what are some of the ideals and values and the things that you instill in, in your students, I should say, over the years? Well, you know, here in Miami, we have a Monday meeting uh, where the, the teachers and the assistants come to it. Uh, and then the assistants have a Thursday night meeting. Mm-hmm. Um where they train. The Monday meetings are 90 minutes long. Um, the training for the assistants is really tough. That's just one little part of what they do. But we have tests for them and video presentations for them to do and book reports to do. And we do a swing study every year of the top 100 players on the PGA Tour. Um, studies are, are big. They're not little things. that They take time. So... Um, that's a big part of learning, having a big knowledge base. We have 10 books that they have to know very well and do book reports on. Uh, Sounds like we, college. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we feel like it's a master's degree, you know, like the Harvard of golf schools where we really train hard. Um, we try to hire really good people to begin with, then really train them hard when they get here. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed that part of it as, as much more than anything I've done. You know, really, really trying to develop guys who will be able to succeed in the golf business because it's not easy. It's tough to be a top teacher or to get to a head professional position at a top club. There's a tremendous amount of competition. I just want them to be prepared. So that's been a really fun part for, for me. And you know, how many guys do you have, you know, working on each staff at like at a certain given time? Is it like a, a you know, a large group or is it kind of a finite few that you shuffle through, you know, every year or 
Well, we, we've, I've had some people stay a long time. Glenn Farnsworth has been with me for the longest, almost 40 years now. We've been together. Uh, he was worked for me in New York and then started uh, when I went to Doral in 1991. So he's been a stalwart. Uh, we've had others that have stayed qu- quite a while. Um, the new guys and girls come in, and it takes them at least a year to get certified, okay. to get the, the JMGS certification, um, and then they're ready to teach. So we have some new people start, or or we put them in different schools. I have about 16 teachers here at the Biltmore and about six or seven at Miami Beach, and then we have six assistants or seven assistants here at the Biltmore and one assistant over there. So we've got a pretty good contingent of people right here in Miami. And then we have the, from the other schools, we have people come train here or, or I train when I go visit the, the different facilities when I'm there. Gotcha. Yeah. And we, they, they also get every week our Monday meeting minutes. So we take very detailed, uh, minutes from the, from the, uh, each Monday meeting, and then those are sent to all our of of our golf schools, and then they run their own meetings. Gotcha. So th- there's definitely sort of a <clears throat> standardized line Absolutely. of what everybody is being yeah. taught, and everybody's learning, everybody's. Practicing. You got to be on the same page at a golf school. When we're doing golf schools, everybody has to know what what we're doing, how to do the presentations, how to stand in front of people and talk about any aspect of, of chipping, pitching, bunker shots, iron game, full. Full swings, drivers, cut shots, hook shots, and be able to demonstrate them too. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like especially nowadays with, you know, the way that teachers are doing lots of stuff in groups and things like that, teaching golf is almost like a form of public speaking. You mm-hmm. have to be very comfortable in what you're saying and how you're relying it, relaying it to the student that, you know, it is very important to have, you know, the, the fundamentals down before you go in and just start talking. Yeah, when I when I go speak in different places, I might ask uh, the, the audience out there. I said, "Hey, if I stood in front of you and asked you to stand up and give me fifteen minutes on what you teach, could you do it?" Yeah. You know, and it's really not that easy to do. Uh, we have our our teachers stand up in the meetings and then give a presentation or talk about wh- what do we teach here? What is, what is the uh, overlaying principles of what we teach here and see if they can stand up and talk for 15 minutes on it. And they get pretty nervous at first. You know, it's been, some, we've had some great meetings. I can see that being pretty <laughs> nerve wracking, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to get into a little bit of your playing days and a little back, back in the heyday. Winner of the Pack Coast Amateur, qualified for multiple U.S. Open and USAMs. You won one of the college events three times. Well, I won three college events. Yeah. yeah. Won three college events and even made the cut in the Masters, which is – I mean, that blew my mind. That's pretty awesome. But uh, obviously working with, you know, tons of high-caliber players and tons of high-caliber teachers, is there – I mean, is there a correlation between the ability of the player to how good they can be as a teacher? Well, I think it's possible to be a, a top teacher without being a good player – I really think that um, having a long playing background, playing a lot of, you know, playing U.S. Amateurs and U.S. Opens and uh, tour events and, and hanging around with a lot of players and playing with them myself and, and playing a lot of professional golf myself. So I know what it feels like, you know, to tee off big tournaments and try and finish tournaments too and win tournaments. Uh, I think that's helped me. And I think uh, the guys and girls that – 
have a better playing background, have a big leg up. I don't think you necessarily have to be a top player. But um, when you're working with better players, it's written or actually anybody, it's nice to be able to demonstrate the shots so they can see it. I'm a very, very visual teacher, and I think most people are definitely visual learners. They mm-hmm. do best by seeing something and watching. Certainly juniors, for sure. Big time. Uh, big, big time. Uh, but also um, knowing what, it, what it's like to feel pressure and, and what the stress is going to do to you um, is, is helpful for the, the people that I work with that play in tournaments, the, the kids that we've developed here in, in Miami and also up in New York that went on to do good things, play college golf. I think that's been very helpful. Um, having worked with, you know, tons of PGA professionals and, and even coaches at the PGA tour level, is there anything that you see, you know, from the butches, the, the you, the, I mean, just the top guys that there's, is there anything that you guys all have in common? Like, is there a common thread anywhere? Or is the same thing y'all are doing? Well, I think the, the top teachers are just have good people skills. They're interesting to be around. They have good stories to tell life stories and they're very astute at noticing things good good observation skills for sure but i think uh, you know being able to get along and have an interesting conversation when you're out on teaching and being able to teach something a lot of different ways i think those are the things that that uh, make the difference i think storytelling is a big thing that kind of gets missed because i mean you spend four hours on a golf course Mm -hmm. with somebody trying to better their game there better be a couple of laughs in there at some point because if not you're just going to be beating your head against a wall yeah i think teaching through stories is is the best way and that's the things uh those are the ideas that stick with people yeah do you have any uh, things that kind of stand out in your mind of stories well, that you've told? Just hundreds of stories that I've done. I I had one story that I I tell people that from Jackie Burke, who was a big mentor of mine. He he uh, is a former Masters champion and PGA champion, and started Champions Golf Club in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So he, he helped me since I was in at the University of Houston and on in my life. We, we've been great friends, but. Um, when I was down at Houston, I asked him one time that I, I was having some trouble with my driving. And I said, Jackie, you know, do you have any tips for helping me with my driving? He's a very sharp guy, very, very intelligent, funny guy. And he looked at me. This was when I was only about 19 or 20 years old. He said, yeah. He said, go down to Galveston and hit three balls into the Gulf of Mexico. And he just turned around and left. So I had no idea what he meant. It didn't mean anything to me at all. Um, so a few weeks ago, a few weeks after that, Bruce Litsky and Bill Rogers, a couple of my guys I lived with at school, we, we drove down to Galveston, not because of that, just going down because you kind of hang out in college, you yeah. can drive, you can drive on the beach. The beach in Galveston is not like the beach in, in Florida. It's, it's as hard as this, rock hard. Gotcha. So we were driving around and, I, and then we were walking around, I guess, somewhere in the town and it just hit me and said, you know, Jackie said, hit three balls in the Gulf of Mexico. So I did that and... A few weeks later, I was out at Champions again, which is was the, is the place in, in Houston. Uh, and I saw Mr. Burke, and I and I said to Mr. Burke, um, you know, I I did what you told me. And he said, What did I tell you? And I said, Well, do you remember you told me to go down to the to Galveston and hit three balls into the Gulf of Mexico? He said, Oh yeah. He said, um, How'd you do? I said, Well, I 
I hit three great drives. And uh, he said, well, what'd you learn? And I said, oh, I didn't, I didn't learn anything. And then once again, he said, well, how'd you hit the ball? And I said, yeah, I told you, great. He said, well, that's it, you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> he said, don't aim at anything. Just hit it out in the ocean. You can't miss. And if you do that, you're going to let go. Now, I told that to a lot of my students when they get nervous because we all tend to aim, and when you're choking, you hang on a little bit. And if you can just tighter. remember to hit it anywhere, just yeah. don't aim it. Uh, that's been one story that stood the I test like of that. time. I like that. Yeah. I like that story a lot. Well, you know, you talk about all the juniors that you've, you know, you've had eight juniors go all the way to world number one. You had multiple major champions, both PGA, LPGA. I mean, mm-hmm. if I tried to name all of them, we'd mm-hmm. be here all day. So I'm not going to do that. But uh, what were some, what are some things And I've always, I always thought that average golfers, you know, the, the average weekend warrior can honestly learn more from watching elite junior players or women's uh, LPGA Tour players versus, you know, the guys on the PGA Tour. Do you have any opinion on that? Well, the LPGA Tour, of course, the swings aren't nearly as fast, although they're getting a lot faster. Yeah, know? I mean, Lexi Thompson bombed it. <laughs> we were just talking about her. <laughs> yeah, the girls are whistling it out there a long ways, much further than people think. Um, junior golf, see, developing a player is different type of teaching than working with a tour player that's already on the PGA Tour. So I've really enjoyed taking kids and moving them along the way. And, you know, luckily a few of them have gone like Christy Kerr or Lexi Thompson or Eric Compton, you know, from a kid down here to actually on the tour. Well, that's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, that's, that. that's the dream. Yeah, that's, yeah. But, but getting them to be good players and develop is the thing about the kids is that they they have enthusiasm and they don't get discouraged if they if they miss some shots and they'll they'll hang with you longer and i think that's one thing that the adults can learn that you know the patience and the the uh, enthusiasm for for playing the game you know you can you can miss for a while and, and it's okay you know it might take you a while to get something the kids are also great learners and they can copy so nicely and they'll spend the time around the greens too. I think that's a big thing that you could learn. They'll, they'll chip and putt. I'm sure as you did as a, as a young guy that you, you'll spend the time around the greens. And that's where we know as a teacher, that's where we can lop off four or five strokes with somebody yeah. right away compared to trying to make them four or five shots better with their long game. Yeah, I mean, I can remember just as being a little kid that you always used to want to go to the chipping green at night because it was the one thing that wasn't shut down if the yeah. lights went off because you get a little bit of sunlight, it's still chipped when it gets dark. Yeah, a lot of good memories of chipping as a little kid. But also, we chatted a little bit about this earlier. We talked a little about the, the Zach Johnson going away. With mm. You know, how long everybody's hitting it now on the PGA Tour. I feel like hitting it kind of short and accurate is almost like a lost lost art at this point. I don't think what I I can almost guarantee you we'll never see a master's champion that lays up on every par 5 and wins ever again. Don't think that's going to happen. But do you think that there's sort of like a style of golfer that's almost going extinct? Well, you know Zach Johnson is such a great player, you know, he's just a bulldog and and definitely one of the greatest wedge players of all time. You know, he can and can roll the rock really great too, of course. But it's such a disadvantage right now, uh, the length that guys are, uh, are hitting the ball and, and girls. But on the men's tour, it's 
just such a dramatic change of how far everybody's hitting it. You yeah. go to the Corn Ferry Tour, there's probably nobody that's hitting it under 300 yards right now. And uh-huh. all the young guys that I teach and all the college players that I watch, I was just down at the South Beach Amateur yesterday watching these the top, some of the top players in the world, and they're just ripping it. You know, they just shrink the golf course. So, yeah, I think, you know, if to go to the elite level, Power is more important than it's ever been. Power has always been a big part of being a great player. All the great players have been long. Mm-hmm. But now everybody's long. And, and there's some of the guys are super long. But uh, if, you can't, if you can't move the ball out there a long ways, uh, don't think about playing pro golf. <laughs> <laughs> and to, actually to that point, you know, we just had Phil Mickelson be the, you know, the oldest PGA or major champion ever. Do you see maybe that number kind of maybe rising a little bit? Having, you know, the people are hitting it further, they're playing longer. We're talking about, um, who are we talking uh, uh, Bernard Langer. Oh, uh, yeah. He has just, you know, extended his career and has played so on the Champions Tour. Do you see maybe Phil's record getting, you know, squashed here in a few years? Yeah, it's going to be tough to um, win a major at 50, but. Absolutely, guys are staying in shape longer. The lighter clubs, the better golf ball, uh, really evens things out. And you can still hit the ball a huge distance when you're 50 years old, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so, yeah, I think guys are going to be playing a lot longer. And that means that the elite players can keep playing. So we know that there's 20 or 30 players that are just better. Yeah. And if they don't retire, I mean, they have a super long (laughs) career, more so than any other sport. And they can stay in there a long, you know, a really long time and continue to play, you know, really high level golf. That said, when I look at junior golf right now and the college game, I mean, it's unbelievable. The golf swings are, are so good and the, they're so well taught. The teaching is so much better around the world than it was. So it's just almost unreal to get into the, the PGA Tour and be a top 125 player in the world. It's a very small percentage. Very, yes, very it small percentage. It's like the 1% of the 1%. That's so, right. You know, pretty tough little scale. But lastly in the pod today, I wanted to do a little bit of a throwback and talk about the Houston golf team. <laughs> We talked about it earlier today, and I thought it was really interesting, so I wanted to bring it up. Maybe you could shed a little bit of light on just kind of what we talked about earlier. Well, most people don't believe it, but we had 40 guys on the golf team, and, and we lived in the athletic dorm. We had 40 guys on one floor, and there was a tremendous amount of competition. Uh, we got pretty close to uh, the guys that stayed there. Um We'd some, have of the, a lot. some of those guys were like Freddie Couples. Yeah, oh, there's been Nance. so many great players to go there, and we also – when I was at Houston, we we had we played Texas often, and they had great teams, and Wake Forest had great teams, and Oklahoma State. So that's kind of stayed that somewhat. That I think Houston's dropped off a lot, but back then, Houston we had great players. I, I, when I the guys I played on my team won all four majors, um, and, and other guys won a bunch of tour events. So it was a battle to to play on the team. So you know, you had five guys played, forty guys there on the team. We had a lot of our. Coach believed in qualifying, uh, so you, you would qualify to get in a higher qualifying to move up to the top qualifying. You have qualifiers for qualifiers? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. He was super organized. He won uh, 17 NCAA championships. 
my four years, we won two and finished second in the other two. My, and the, <laughs> the 10 years prior to that, or what was it? Yeah, they, we, they, when I had left school, we'd won 12 of the last 16 NCAs, right? That, that, that mind boggles me. I mean, people talk about, you know, the Patriots being a dynasty or, you know, Alabama football being a dynasty. No, yeah. the Houston men's <laughs> golf team was a dynasty. That is crazy. Way back, it was. Yeah, that is, that is one of the most mind blowing stuff. And I mean, just the caliber of players that you guys had. I mean, four, won all four majors on your, the guys on your golf team. I mean, that's, mm. that's unheard of. I mean, that's not, it's not real. I, yeah, the competition was great. It's helped me my whole life. Uh, what I learned from our co- coach Williams was was great. He was really big on you know shooting a good score when you didn't play well, which was that you had to do. You had to be able to hang in there, um, you know. And there's a lot of great colleges now, of course. Oh yeah, games changed a lot, but yeah, it was a dynasty. It was really fun to be part of that, and you know those guys are all great friends of mine uh, that, that played on those those teams. We still kind of get together once in a while. And, or call on the telephone. So it was was a great time in my life. Well, Jim, thanks so much for doing this, and thanks so much for having us out. This has been an awesome day. It was great to have you here in Miami, and I hope you can come back again. Thanks a lot. Yeah, will do. (laughs) 